Now we've got to scramble. Walsh around the body, doesn't miss. What a star this young man is. To Kurnow. And Charlie Kurnow off one step. Just went bang. Durden, he saw his way through. And Honey Milk didn't put it right through the middle. Big moment. Kennedy, Walsh, bends it. Brilliant. This kid just keeps on rising. Gives it a roost. He gives it a magnificent roost. He kicked the goal. Here he is, straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Picked up by Durden, who's really worrying the Swans at the moment. Good ball to Kurnow. Kurnow will reel and go. No one deep in the goal square. Does he get a good setter? He does. Charlie Kurnow, just magnificent. Picked up here by Durden, the end over ender, yes. Gee, he's been dangerous tonight. You, 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 you. Still the strength to get away. Motlop inside out. They're on fire, the Blues. They've kicked five, six in a row. Didn't get the penetration he'd hoped. At the back, Kerno. Got another. He's got five. Fisher gets another look at it and says no. It goes the right side. Brilliant. It's going to be the Blues who make it four in a row and they set up a great clash with the Pies next week. Carlton are the real deal. G'day Bluebaggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed Zetzer here with my co-host Harrison Hyman's Bolt. How are you? I'm good. It's a nice, fresh, crisp Saturday morning and I've got a spring in my step. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's great to hear. And you've got a big day today going to the Melbourne Victory. You couldn't complete the double in the same weekend, yeah, could yeah. you? It was, it was, there's been a lot at stake in my sporting life this week. Um we got through a big hurdle on Friday night, a very, very important one. And yeah, this one's very important as well. A grand final berth after finishing bottom last season. Everything's just getting a bit rosy. So but we'll see if they get through. Without any further ado, we're going to get straight into last night's action. The final score, 15-12-102, Carlton defeating Sydney, 13-9-87. What a win. A win for the ages, really. Um, and it's quite unbelievable to think about it. We're eight and two. It it, we, re- it puts a lot of things into perspective, doesn't it? You know, I think when you sit back now after 10 rounds, and we'll be able to do it in the bye week next week, but right now, eight and two, it's, you know, it's the most, it's the equal most wins we've had in nine years. It's And it's around 10. And it's around 10. You know, it's the youngest team we've played this year. We had nine players... Under the age of 22 and under 50 games last night. No, that's, that's, it's, so, know, half of our team under the age of 22. And had played under 50 games. So I think last week we were clearly the youngest team in the league. We fielded the youngest team we're av- also, by average. We're also the only team in the competition that hasn't fielded a player 30 or above this year. Wow. Um, you know, the oldest player that plays for us is Nick Newman. <laughs> it's like, a it's, bit crazy. It is. It's a bit crazy. So, yeah, it's just phenomenal what's happening right now. You know, Brendan Bolton never had teams this young, nor did David Teague. It's just, you know, these guys have come in and, you know, they've kind of come in from nowhere a little bit as well. And they've just, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone that's come into this side has really laid a claim as to why they should be playing every week. Looked comfortable, played their role. 
we haven't had anyone really come in. There's been a couple... I'd say there's been maybe half a handful of disappointing performances this year from individuals. But other than that, it's just been everyone playing their role, everyone looking comfortable. Um, And it's nice when you turn on the radio on a Saturday morning and all they're talking about is Carlton. It's, it's really nice. And, you know, it was a big win. You know, it was it was a big game. It was the hype game of the round. Fourth versus fifth Friday night lights. It was a sellout as well. Friday night sellout. All eyes on Carlton. All yeah. eyes. And look, it was a big game for the Swans as well. But obviously, you know, Carlton's going to draw the headlines naturally. And for Carlton to, yeah, I guess show the football world what our best looks like in that frenetic second quarter is... Like something that shouldn't be taken lightly. And we know that we faded away again and you know, nearly lost the game, really. Never got it within two goals, though. No. Never, it got to eight, didn't it? No. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. I did. Got to eight points. It was what? It was 94 to 86, something oh, like something that. Something like that. I don't know. But eight points is a bit True. I didn't comfort. even think about and then that. Fisher kicked. But that was very late. Oh. That was very late. Yeah. Yeah, it was about five minutes to go. Yeah. No, we there was a point in time where I looked at you uh-huh. and said, we're done. <laughs> yeah. So, But look, I think that's the comforting thing at the moment with Carlson. I think we know going into a game that our best footy stacks it up really against anyone. Our best footy is good enough. It's just a matter of how long can we play that footy for and how far ahead can we get with that footy? Now, have you watched the replay yet? I was watching a bit of it this morning, yeah. So I got home last night. I haven't watched the full game yet. I chucked it straight on and it was a bit weird by me, but I didn't fast forward half time. I actually listened to Fox Footy's analysis yeah. and it's pretty crazy to hear people speak about, about Carlton like I know, that. I know. It's weird. To hear, it's- to hear Nick Rewalt, Jonathan Brown and Gary Lyon literally raving, raving. It is, it is weird bolt. Well, I was listening. It's uncharted territory. Well, I was listening to the commentary just then, and they were all. It was the end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. I was just watching, and you know, the commentators were saying, "Can Corey Durden get a second Rising Star nomination?" And they were <laughs> speaking just about the little acts and how it's just everyone buys into it. I think there was a smother Durden made in the second quarter. That smother in front of the bench was unbelievable, and like everyone got around him. It's just, you know, yeah, it's crazy what's happening. It, it is. It's so. When you hear people in the media and even like mates and whatnot speak about Carlton in this positive light, it's very, it's very like, it's a bit weird. It's just humbling a little, isn't it? It's, it is. It, you know, they're speaking about, you know, it's like someone talking up your child <laughs> when they don't need to. And that's what they're doing. It's crazy. It, it is. Something, so we speak about these little moments and I know Terry is big on like little moments and picking up on little things during matches. Something that I picked up watching the replay when Jesse Motlop kicked his goal, it was a Nick New, uh, sorry, it was a George Hewitt assist. And after, you know, everyone had gotten around him, I think Hewitt had already, Hewitt had gotten around him, but after that was all said and done, Motlop then ran straight back into the middle just to like get around Hewitt again. Yeah. And that's something that I think is awesome. The fact that our players are acknowledging not only the goal kickers, but those who set up the goals as well. And that was just a nice little moment that I saw Motlop, you know, sprint into the middle, really, you know, congratulate and get around Hewitt and then run back to the forward line. Those are just little things, but those are things that you pick up on. That's, that's a culture that, you know, 
everyone's being looked after. It's like, you know, well, you didn't kick the goal, but without you, you wouldn't have been kicked. Oh, for sure. There's a clear camaraderie. And it is. It's all about system because, you know, what happens up the ground dictates what happens down the ground. And, yeah, it's it was a phenomenal night. It really was. It, you know, yeah, it, just to come away with that with a win. And now we've got Collingwood on Sunday. And I've got to say, I'm very excited for the bye. Now, Bolt. Just a bit of R&R. We might do a little exercise here. Yep. So, afl.com.au, when you open up the AFL app this morning, you would have seen Charlie hits Swans for six as Blues make huge statement. Yep. I'm going to, this is a bit weird, putting you right on the spot. Haven't even told you that I was going to ask you to do this, but I want you to make your own headline from last night. (laughs) Just think of a headline. What would you headline... Let me just Your ask, article from last night. Let me just ask my year five teacher if that's okay to do. Um, <laughs> no, I'm interested because I was thinking about it. You know, do you go with something about Weedering? Because he was the no, goalkeeper. He yeah, was the no, saviour. We'll, we'll speak about Weedering. Um, but I, I think it has to be more of a collective headline. I just think something along the lines of, you know, the like Carlton... You know, something like Carlton run riot as they take a big scalp on a Friday night. Something as cliche as yeah, that. I no, don't know. I like it. I like it. Something, you know, I think you got to incorporate the fact that it was a big team we beat. A team that's competing, you know, in the same vicinity of the ladder as us as well. As in, we're two games clear of them now. And, mm, you know, that, and, and that's the difference between, you know, let's say by the end of the week, that's the difference between fourth and sixth two games. Yeah. So it was a big win in terms of the context of the ladder as well. All right. Player by player analysis straight into a bolt. What a win. But uh, yes, we do need to get into the individual players. Now, we're going to start with Jacob Wiedering because we start with the back line and we're going to start with the head of this monster team, Jacob Wiedering. I, I said it on our way out last night and I've said it, I think, already once or twice this year. Last night could have seriously been his the best match of his career. He was unbelievable. As in, I, I, I thought he was unequivocally the best on the ground last night. I, I can't. He was just phenomenal. I tweeted that he's like a he is the human version of a get out of jail free card, and he is. He just he is. He gets you out of trouble. He you know apps completely nullified Franklin. Um, just you know intercept marks the spoils. He covers ground so well. I, no, I completely agree. And it's funny, I was listening to SEN on my way in and I think, is it Derm who does Saturday mornings? Sounded like Derm. Maybe. And is it Sam McClure as well? I'm not too sure. It, it, I don't there, listen there were, to it. There were two on. Definitely, I think one was Derm. And so Derm was saying, he, he's like, oh, I need to make an apology. And I was thinking, oh, what's coming here? He goes, I need to make an apology to Jacob Weedering because I was thinking on the way home last night that I actually can't believe I didn't put him in my votes. And he said, I need to make an apology. And then there was another guy, I think it sounded like Sam McCall, I'm not sure who it was, who said the same thing. He goes, yeah, I was thinking about it in the shower this morning. I can't believe I didn't give Weedering a vote. Um, he and, and then they just spoke about Jacob Weedering for a couple minutes. And it was crazy to listen to the way they're speaking about him. And he deserves every single bit of it. He deserves all the respect because he's just... He's the premier defender in the competition, in my eyes. I think he is comfortably now you know him and may have always been spoken about this year as the best two i think he's elevated himself last night was quite frankly stupid what he was doing yeah and you know it wasn't even the fact that he stopped buddy 
It was the fact that he was able to, at the same time, stop other entries that yeah. weren't even necessarily targeting Buddy. It was just... It was the complete... He couldn't have played better. No. He, he just... He actually couldn't have done any more than he did. He's having an exceptional season, and I don't think it's a stretch to say he is our best player. He is just... There's no one like him at the club. There's barely... As we, as you just said, there's barely anyone like him across the league. He He's just... Yeah. The ultra defender. Like, he's premium, Jacob Wiedering. And yeah, for me, he was just clearly best on ground. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Um, I just want to see his defensive stats from last night, you know, would have been absolutely through the roof. Um, he took seven marks as well. Just just absolutely incredible, really, Jacob Wiedering. Um, the other defenders, Bolt. Let's talk about Nick Newman, because I think he's the yep, one... it was a good game for Newman. Like, he had a really good game last night. That, for me, was his best match of the season. Not only did he get the ball, but he actually played a bit of lockdown. And, and I thought for the first half, he was the one who got Heaney. Yeah. It looked to me that way, and they were rotating a bit. But whoever Newman was on, and they rotated, obviously, but whichever player he was on, I felt like he shut down relatively well. And he also managed to mop up really well at ground level. He played really well, Newman. Yeah, because um, I, I think he's just been getting by, you know, f- you know, this year. But no, that was a really good game. Yeah, it was. It certainly was. Um, we're going to talk now about Lewis Young because... So back in the team after H&S. We, we sort of spoke about this in the car on the way home last night. He's really growing into his own player. Yeah. And, you know, I thought... I thought he was exceptional against Adelaide and North. I thought those yep. two games, he was very good. And last night was just another step in the right direction for Lewis Young. You know, didn't necessarily take a heap of marks, but his spoils, his intercept spoils were ridiculous. And there were a lot of moments where he was defending one-on-one and he was out of position and he just got, he was able to get a fist in there. I thought he was outstanding, Bolt. Yeah, it's all about system and structure with these guys. And, you know, and that's what Young has now provided us. You know, we've now got, Clarity, obviously, you know we know we saw during the week Oscar McDonald's out for the year, so it's Lewis Young's spot. It was probably yeah. already, but you know it's just we've now got yeah, it's it is Clarity. You know we know Lewis Young will be there every single week, standing next to Jacob Wiedering, and he knows what he has to do. And you've just got to you know dumb it down almost, you know, because if you keep it simple, they'll make it look simple. Five intercept possessions as well, and three tackles for his size. I mean. Seven one percenters. These are the little things, and the, and I feel like we're doing all the little things that you have to do to be a good team. Like it's there's the good teams get everything right, including those one percenters, and and we're doing it right now. Lewis Young, a fantastic performance. Adam Sard Bolt, I thought he was electric last night. His first half for me was as good as a half he's played this year. Yeah. Um, I just thought he was. You know, amazing. Yeah, well, he, he's an amazing player, and he, he. I can never say a bad word about him. I thought he was a little errant after halftime. Just his disposal. I thought it was, it was a little bit messier than what it usually he went is. Went at eighty six percent. I know, I know. It was just he got himself into probably a little bit more trouble than what he needed to at certain points, but which yeah. is very unusual for him. Yeah, but we praise the fact that whenever he gets the ball. He's, he never gets himself into trouble. No. And look, his defensive abilities are just scary. As in, they're as good as it gets. He's one of the most unique players in this game. Um, 
yeah, it's so hard to you know you know he's probably my favorite player. He's just he's just a super player. He really is. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Um, there was a stat I was going to say with Adam Saad, and I've just lost it. But yeah, obviously five rebound fifties, four tackles. He had the thirteen pressure acts. Um, yeah, twenty one disposals, six marks. Just just really an amazing performance. Six intercept possessions as well. He's doing it all, Sadi. Um, he was fantastic. Sam Doherty, another solid performance from the Doc. I Solidi- thought it was a good game from Doherty. Solidifying his spot in the rolling Australian team. Yep. And uh, he got absolutely cleaned up. Oh, boy. Clean- and, and I watched the replay. Sam, is it a tough one? Like- so I can't help, and, you know, I'll get shut on for saying this. I actually, actually felt for Josh Kennedy when he was getting booed off. I felt Why? a little bit for him because I don't... Cause I don't know. I question if he actually meant to get Doherty in the head. Like, oh, he, in, like you he never pulled, want to, but his elbow was up. So he pulled I, his hammy. Like I reckon he pulled his hammy before he made contact, and then he's hasn't had time to to lower his. I just think. He, yeah, I don't know. I, no, I can't. Th- I don't think the booing was an issue, but I think. Oh no! As in, I booed myself. So, <laughs> so I yeah, can't. Yeah, I'm not having. Uh, no, no, no. I'm not. I booed myself. I'm just saying, I, I, on the replay, sort of looking at it again, I thought, gee, I don't know if he really meant to do that. I feel a little bit for him. But at the same time, he uh, did it. Yeah, he'll get and, a week or two. Oh, I don't that, think it'll be anything beyond I think, that. So John I think Ralph, probably two weeks. John Ralph said he'll definitely get at least two weeks yeah. and that it won't matter because he's out. He's going to be yeah. out for at least a month. With yeah, that hamstring. Oh, it could be out for way. It looked like a terrible hammy. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think two weeks sounds could, right for me. He couldn't even put anything on yeah, it. Yeah, no, he was gone. Um... Yes, yeah, so Doc had the twenty-one disposals. He was good. I he, thought he was good. He just sets up you know, well. As you know, you well. know what's you know what the difference is this year with Doc. It's actually his tackling. I think he. Have you yeah. noticed? He sticks every single tackle. He will not if he's tackling Don't let someone. Don't go past you. Nah, nah. He will not. He will not. And he knows if he does, it's probably going to result in well, a yeah, goal. Because he's so, sometimes because he, he's the last man before the last line of defence. Yeah, and uh, seven hundred meters gained as well. If only like twenty one <laughs> possessions. Seven hundred meters. It, it is ridiculous. Yeah. It, that is ridiculous. Nine rebound fifties. I mean, yeah, he's he's an absurd player. He's putting together a heck of a season, Doherty. In career best form, I think we can say. Yeah, that twenty seventeen season or something. But I think he's taken his game to another level this year. Yeah, in 2016, he won the BNF as well. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, the other defenders, who have we not touched? Plowman. Plowman. What do you think of Plowman's it game? It wasn't a great night for Plowman, I didn't think. There I, was... And it I think he had, Plowman, I think he had good pl- moments. It's when he plays tall, he just gets a little bit lost. And he does, you know, when well, high balls... be playing tall. When high balls come in, he just loses his bearings a little bit. I didn't think it was a great game from Plowman. He'll be there next week, but I, don't, I didn't think it was a great game. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think. I I can only pick, I can only remember two instances where he noticeably made a mistake. There was one where he tried to take on running through the middle late in the game and got caught. And I remember you saying just having no game awareness. Um, was that then, him that did that? Yeah, yeah, that was Plowman. And then there was a moment where I think he was just miles behind Logan McDonald yeah, in the yeah, contest. Yeah. But other than that, I didn't really think he made that many significant blues. Um, and Stocker. And Stocker. 
So Stocker started the game, I thought, really poorly. He was poor, poor by foot, but yeah. his defensive acts were still good. His defensive acts will always be good, Stocker. And I think his defensive performance last night was very good. But yeah, with the ball in hand, he wasn't amazing. But honestly... I think he's just got to find the pace of the game again Well, as I was well. going to say, I reckon he, you know, he needs to play three or four weeks in a row and he'll feel more comfortable at the level. He'll gel a bit more. Because he only really got going at about round 15 last year after coming in round six. It took him, and I know it was, you know, at a different a stage stiff. in his career. He got going a bit earlier. Uh, but I thought he really started. I thought it was that Freo game at the MCG last year where he really started looking well at home. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, as in, yeah, you just got to keep playing him because I like Stocker. But yeah, he's just got to tidy up by foot because it, it puts us in trouble. Yeah. No, and I think he will. I think he will. Um,. I think that's all of our defenders. And with the defense as well, as in we were under attack for half an hour in that last quarter. Yeah. And to oh, only con- was... and to get out of that last quarter conceding one goal is testament to everyone really. Just nowhere. To- it's just system and it's organization and it's remarkable because, you know, we have leaked the most points by a mile out of any team in the eight. Mm. But with the... We've also scored a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have. I think we've got the second most points at the moment. I was going to say, we we score 100 every week. We do. But I think with us as well, like with the back line especially, we go through periods every single week where they're just, you know, it's repeat entry after repeat entry. So mm. it's not like it's like slow. As in, these guys are under attack. So the back line's been holding up pretty well given the, you know, personnel that we've had you know, not playing down there as well. Well, we only conceded one goal in that last quarter and it yeah, was... which is a huge result. It was just... It was basically played in our defensive half the entire quarter. No, it was. Which is, you know, it's astonishing, really, if you think about it. And that was, I mean, the whole defence played their part, but I think the main man down there, Jacob Wiedering, just... Yeah, he was good. Like, I'm not joking when I say this there is negative chance we win if he doesn't play. Like, it's impossible. No, no, we wouldn't have won. It is impossible. He's exceptional. Bolt, the midfield, I said in the first quarter, I thought this is going to be a Sam Walsh night. And it was a Sam Walsh night. He was absolutely exceptional. 34 disposals, five marks, four tackles, seven score involvements, 16 pressure acts, four clearances, he had three inside 50s, two rebound 50s. A stat that I'm now going to keep a close eye on that I haven't really this year, but I'm starting to keep an eye on is freeze for versus freeze against. Yep. Gave away no freeze last night, Walsh, and he got three free kicks. Which we love. Which is just disciplined. It's a disciplined performance. Sam Walsh was, yeah, outstanding. Close to his best performance of the year, I think. He was controlling that first quarter. You know, he had 15 disposals up until the first... So, the first quarter and then the first minute of the second quarter. Crazy. He was up to 15. Crazy. Uh, he was brilliant again. He's finding really good... Not that he needed to, but he's just in really... He's finding his touches and he Walsh getting a bit more damaging up the ground. I think I think his last three to four he's, weeks, he's, he's, he's started yeah. to hit his straps... Like last week, he was awesome against GWS. Yeah. He hit the scoreboard, which we which he hadn't really this year. And this week, yeah, just a fantastic performance yeah. by Sam Walsh. And the scariest thing about Sam Walsh is he's twenty one years old. Yeah. Like, 
I think we forget that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's very easy to as well. He hasn't, he's set his own unrealistic standards, really. Hasn't like, he's ruined draft classes for the next 50 years. Yeah. No one's going to be as good as him. Because like, if their, you're the number one years. pick, you can be as good as you want. And you just won't be like Horn Francis might be yeah. great, but like mm-hmm. now the easy comparison is, or oh, is he as good as Walsh? <laughs> and no, he's not. Yeah, I mean, and it's even the same with Rao. As in, it was very easy for you know Rao to get sucked into his first little bit of time in the league, and you know the comparisons come quick. Is he as good as Walsh? Mm. No, well, I don't think any. Well, I think Nick Dacos is uh, possibly the closest. But as guess. good as Dacos is, he's not even close. No, he isn't. Yeah. He isn't. He isn't. Like, that's what I'm saying. Walsh has set these standards, which like, are just not going to be repeated. When Walsh... I'm scared to see what type of player he is in four years at 25 years of age. Because yeah. that's going to be... Like, that's going to be scary. I know. The competition should be scared for it. Um, George Hewitt last night. Yeah, 32 brilliant. disposals was... For me, this was just... It, 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 there's always those plays where you just you're sort of in a position where you just need someone to be good. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. there's moments in a game where you think, "Gee, please, just someone do something here." I think Hewitt had that type of game last night when we were in trouble, when we had our backs against the wall, when there were instances where we needed someone to step up. That was Hewitt. He just bopped up in the perfect moments last night. He's had, what a season. Against his old club as well. Seven tackles to go with his 32 Nine touches. clearances. Nine. So, he's been our clearance bull yeah, this no, year. He's a he's a gun. Um, four inside 50s. He had two tackles inside 50s as, inside 50 as well. Um, yeah, for me. And, and he attended 24 centre bounces. So, that is, that is basically every centre bounce. Um, yeah, he was... He was just absolutely... It was a warrior-like performance He's from Hewitt last star. night. Really was. Um, Matt Kennedy, now his first quarter... Yeah, was so important. It was crazy, the amount of overhead marks he was like taking. Contested heavy marks. And that's something... And, and that's his point of difference in our midfield. As in everyone's got their own skill set. Their own role to play. And uh, Matt, Matt Kennedy took three marks in the middle of the ground in the first quarter, which... Just had to be taken, so, and so not many other people in that team would have taken them. Two of them were actually given as frees, which doesn't... It makes his stats a little bit worse, because it only says he took two marks here. But I remember... But he clunked he, them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of them, he clunked it on the way down. Okay. Got, but you're right. It was at least three or four contested. It was three in the first, and it was one early in the second quarter. Yeah, so it was four. I remembered four. Um, yeah, so Matt Kennedy, for me, I, I just think, you know, it's it's... It needs a bit more acknowledgement just how crazy his situation is. So he was done. His career was basically over middle of last year. And we've spoken about it. You know, we're going to sound like broken records because we speak about it nearly every week. But for a guy whose career was basically over less than a year ago, to go to the levels that he's going to is amazing. 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 He's, He's our sort of midfielder that's a bull but unique at the same time is another one who I don't know around the comp who plays like him because he's he does things which he shouldn't be able to do as in maybe like Luke Parker to an extent like Matt Kennedy goes forward he can kick a goal he's good for a goal a week yeah his overhead mark is amazing I think Parker's in a pretty similar vein yeah that's fair 
I think Parker's a little bit quicker. Yeah, probably. As Got more Kennedy's dash. Slow. As in Parker's a better player. But than how Kennedy, well does but... he disguise it, Kennedy? No, he's. I've just... never, th- I've never felt this year. Wow, Kennedy's slow. I've never felt no. it this year. And it's because we move. It's because we play a quick brand. So yeah. you got to, you know, he's. You're always wanting to move. They're on the move, so they don't look slow. Um, but yeah, it's just fabulous. He was fabulous. Um, other midfielders last night. The captain. Well, the captain. Now, what pleases me is that. We don't need a 30-disposal, three-goal, two-goal game from our captain to win. Patrick Cripps last night only had had 19 disposals, but it didn't matter. Firstly, whenever he... I thought thought whenever he got the ball, it was just like, whoa. Yeah, no, I still think he played... It wasn't one of his better games this year, once again, in line with the own unrealistic standards he has set on himself. But I I thought he was still pretty good. It's just in so much. How much more noticeable is it the way he's playing this year compared to last year? It's just well, it's a different player. It really, really is. is. Five it- clearances, seven tackles, three inside fifties. He had a tackle inside fifty. You know, to go with his nineteen and a goal and a big goal he kicked. Yeah, it was that, the first one. That was we needed a goal when he kicked it. We needed sure. a goal in that moment. Four score involvements. He was just yeah, really, really, really good last night and. You know, he's not going to get Brownlow votes, but it doesn't matter because, as I said, I think when he got the ball, he was good with it. And just some of those clearances where he sort of just, he does this thing where he gets the ball on the inside and just off to the races. And it's a bit of the dusty. He gives that fend off and runs around the outside. He also regularly does this thing where he gets the ball and he almost shuffles back like a few steps back and then opens us up with this handball. Yeah, no, nah, it's awesome. Yeah, and there was John- definitely a time he did it to Cottrell early on. So this is a little bit of insight. So I did watch the, as I said, I watched the um, the replay last night and I was listening to the halftime show and Jonathan Brown said that he has no doubt in his mind that Michael Voss has taken a specific training drill that they used to do at Brisbane in the early 2000s. <laughs> he said it was Vossi's favorite drill yeah. he loved it and he was unbeatable at it and he said he has got no doubt in his mind that he's doing that drill at Carlton because he picked up the fact that we never get tackled we when we've got the ball we very rarely get pinged holding the ball in a so like if players are unaware it happens but in a in a big pack it doesn't happen often we usually get a ball a handball out yeah. and he said that they used to do this drill where they'd basically, someone would get given a ball and then three players would charge at them and they'd have to ha- they'd have to lift the ball over their head and then bring it down and handball. So I don't know, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah. This. It's just getting your hands free quickly. Yeah, and he said Vossi was, like, they would try and tackle Vossi. They would just go at Vossi and they couldn't get him. He'd yeah. always be able to get his hands up over, the, over his head and, and give a handball out. And he said he's got no doubt that they're doing that drill at Carlton because he can see that our players are playing. They've added that is just a little, yeah. you know, attribute that we've added to our game, and it was a great pickup. I thought. Oh, by I, him. And I actually tweeted at. It's funny you say that because I actually tweeted at quarter time, saying it's scary how quick our hands are in tight. I actually made that tweet, and and that was and that was a Michael Voss attribute in his day was he was so quick by hand and he and clean, and. Yeah, it's clearly noticeable. It's clearly noticeable. 
Yeah. yeah. That's a great tweet. Our hands in tight are lightning quick. Because it's so noticeable. Have you got your phone for the stats? Mine's just no, died. Mine's up, it's upstairs. <laughs> Do you want to get the yeah, that yeah. webs? Yeah, grab it up. Um, I think, is that all of our midfielders? Chera. So, it was a, Chera. Bit, it was a down night from Chera. I think Chera. There's, I, I've got a knock on Chera. Yeah. It's his kicking when exiting defensive 50. He yeah. sort of kicks it to the wrong area. I didn't think it was a great night from Chera by any means. But I didn't. You know, I only had 13 possessions. No, is it, I actually yeah. didn't. No, I'm not, I don't think he was bad. Like, not, I'm not having a knock on his game. He was pretty good defensively. Like, he, he, you know, that last goal, the Fisher Sealer was off the back of Chera's closing speed. You know what it is? Like, Chera puts in a lot of unrewarded effort, I feel. For sure. I think he's he's sort of got that... He's He plays that role. And every, everyone, every team's got that player. I don't think that's his role long-term, but right now he's had to play it. As in, there's a lot of guys going through the middle at the moment, getting their hands on the ball. So not And when we speak about it with the Mosquito fleet, not everyone's going to pig out on the same day. Yeah. And we've seen Chera have some huge games, but he was a little bit down last night. He was. Um, Lockie O'Brien. Yeah, stunning. All right, I've got to, I've got to praise him on something. Yeah. So I've been hot on the fact that I don't think he likes body contact. They clearly have said to him during the week, you know, you've got to go back with the flight. And I reckon there were four or five occasions last night where he sprinted to go and intercept a contest and just get a finger on it. it he wasn't even punching it. He was getting his palm on the ball. Yeah. So it was almost just like bringing it to ground. Um, and that's something that he hasn't done this year is just getting spoils in and he spoiled the ball a lot last night and I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. Well, he, he looks at home in the big time O'Brien. Yeah. And I was absolutely gobsmacked when he was omitted earlier in the season, but yeah, he's here to stay as in we can, yeah. And it's good, you know, because we can speak about his ball use all day. But when you get those defensive attributes in, I think he's just figured out his, you know, he's figured out his place and need in this team. 100%. Had a couple tackles last night as well, which he doesn't usually have. So it's nice to see. And five marks. No, he played well. Another Cottrell. one. Now, I was Cottrell. This is, very, this is getting very interesting. I thought he was great. And it's very weird to say that. But... He took, hang on, he took a beautiful mark with his one hand. You know, we, we were sitting on the yes, one. Yes, he was on the opposite yes, yes, 50 yes, meter yeah. oh, line. He never looked likely in that I contest. I reckon it was a two-on-one against him. Yeah, no, he never looked in that. Um, and he and he did it so comfortably. Oh, he nursed the ball into his hand. You've got to call a spade a spade, and Cottrell's playing good footy. <laughs> it's bizarre to say. It Cottrell's, really is. You know, the David Teague love child is playing well, and yeah, good on him. He deserves it, to be honest. You know, he's copped a lot of flack because he hasn't been up to it, to be quite frank. Yeah, he hasn't been. But yeah, he's playing good footy. And but when called upon this year, yep. he's done his job. He really has. His last three weeks have just been brilliant. And he'll see next week again as well. Definitely. He'll probably... That performance should hold Nunes out. And something that's different about Cottrell is, you know, I, I, th- I think it's fair to say last year he was... A terrible disposer of the ball. Yeah. It disposes of it well. I reckon his decision making is quite yeah, good. It, it hasn't been a 
clear issue, has yeah, it? I, I think he hasn't, he I hasn't actually, been he hasn't been an issue. I actually think his decision making was really impressive last night. You know, he's clearly I think he's very careful with the ball this, now. This world is fucked up. Like <laughs> we're third on the ladder and we're praising fucking Cottrell. Like <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, come on, think about that for a moment. It is mental. It come is mental. On. Like, come on. Like, where have we gone as a society? Like, he's playing good footy. You can't knock him. You can't. Um, Holy shit. The Ruckman. This is going to split opinions, Bolt. Tommy DeConning. So, you... You have... You keep a closer eye on the boys' footy socials I do. than what I do. And you informed me we're getting a lot of messages after the game wanting me to speak about Tom DeConning. Uh, so, I'll put it to you this way. There were a lot of people... <laughs> I copped a couple on my private one, which I'm always happy to do. There were a lot of people who asked you to speak about DeConning. Um, and I'd like to get your thoughts on his performance. Alrighty. Just be careful. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think of DeConning. Should we start? Okay, I'll start with where the people want me to start. We'll start with his last no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I'll tell you what I think. I didn't think DeConning... How do I word this? I thought DeConning began the night really poorly. We were... You know, when Sydney were charging, Hickey was getting on top. At the end of the day, he's a ruckman. So you've got to assess his game with how much influence did his opposition have on him. And when Sydney got going, Hickey got going. So, and, and we know that DeConning is playing, you know, well out of his weight division in the ruck. Because I, I still don't think he's a ruckman. So, I, th- I, I thought he struggled early on. I really did think he struggled. But as we said last week when speaking about Charlie Kerno, it might not be your night, but it can, you can make it your moment. And I've always said, I don't, I've always said with DeConning that I get it. He's going to struggle in the stoppage department rucking, but he has to make himself useful and be an aerial threat, which he's never been able to do. And his last quarter was outstanding. As in, I think he took three or four huge marks down the line and he provided a target where for most of the night, we didn't have one 70, 80 meters out from goal. So he can hold his head up really high because he had an impact. So he had five marks on the night. And 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 this is my thoughts on his game. And it's funny because... So, so that's where I sit. I don't think... I didn't think his game as a ruckman was very good. But I think his game as a tall was really good. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get, I get what you say. So watching the replay, at halftime, they were raving about him. I just don't get it. I don't see it. You know what it is? He does really well, sort of. It's I can't really explain how how I how I saw it last night on the TV, but he does really well, like when he doesn't win a contest. Yeah, if that makes he sense. He follows up. Yeah, he does. His second and I can, efforts- appre- I can appreciate that as well. But for me, you're the number one ruckman at the club. We have to be somewhat more imposing because mm. I still think Silvani halves a ruck contest better than DeConning. I really do. But, you know, I, I don't want to... I've seen a lot of people look, have him in their votes. Votes? Yeah, I've seen a few. Are you joking? I've seen a few. Oh, look, I don't want to knock him because he was so important at the end of the game. 
He like, really was. And that, he, he, he was another one where we probably don't win if he doesn't have the last it quarter. It was so did. important. And I don't want people to think that I'm not saying it wasn't. Because it really was. As in, I've been saying it for weeks. He has to be an aerial threat. And he needs to play as a tall. Because he's never been that outlet kick down the line, has he? No. But he was, a, he was last night. And it was... It was a re- it could it was a really really pleasing you know half an hour from him. It certainly was. It certainly I still was. can't wait for Pitonet to come back in. But if you're going to provide that outlet and that ability to play to your size, then we can handle you know yeah. him underselling himself in the rack. So it was pleasing for him. I'm happy for him. And yeah, come at me. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just for a sec. It's funny because. We've got so many injuries. Like, you just mentioned Pitonet. Like, I don't want to dwell on it, and I don't want to boast, but we've got so many outs, so, and we're eight and two. Yeah, I, th- I think it's about four or five you can comfortably say we'll walk in. Four or five walk-ins, but they're like... They're just significant upgrades on the replacements who are playing for them right now, yeah. without any disrespect. Like, for example, Mark Pitonet is just another level to DeConny. Like... If Pitonet plays, we can actually win ruck battles, like, and comfortably. If De- and if DeConning wants to play like that up the ground, well, how much more dangerous is DeConning going to be as that third forward? Yeah, just as we saw it in round one, sort of, you know, the impact he had in that role. Yeah. Um, Bolt, I think that's all of our midfielders spoken about. Now, this is what I'm excited for, the forward line. Ooh, this is... Now, this, this is exciting. This is... Wild stuff. How on earth, if we sat here this time last year and I told you Harry Mackay would not be in this team and we were kicking big scores and we were looking as dangerous as ever, you'd think I was in another world. But this is the case. It's the Mosquito Fleet. Now, I don't think... Now, I just need to be careful with how... Because I'm very excited... (laughs) <laughs> I need to be careful to not over explain this, but Jesse Motlop's second quarter last night. Yeah. There was a five minute spell where he hit the score and I know it was only one goal, but I think he hit the scoreboard four times yep. in five minutes. He was so dangerous, wasn't he? He's gonna he's I think He is going to be Wow, we've got to be patient here because once he fills out and he's able, because because you can see with Dirt and, and Oes, they can bury players. I don't think Motlop's there yet, but once he fills out and he's able to provide that as well, and it's going to be really scary. As in Motlop, and look, he might be one of those guys that's squeezed out at some point of this year. But what we've seen so far, you've got to be so impressed. As in, you know, they were lightning last night. The three of them. The four of them, actually, with Fisher as well. But Jesse Motlop, wow, wow, wow. Just the energy he brought for, you know, that scintillating 15, 20 minutes in the second quarter is enough. So it's funny you mentioned about him filling out. I actually looked at him next to Durden and next to guys. So for a guy in his first year, I reckon he's relatively filled out. He's a big boy. He's not slight. But do you remember? So He's not a twig. It's like Cozzy Pickett in 2020. Was looked as dangerous as ever, but wasn't quite there yet. And then the year after 2021, it just it, it got it all came together for him. Yeah, and it can happen just as you know, as quick as that for players like Jesse Motlop. 
I just think Jesse. So, I'm a big believer that the that the small forwards that become elite, they're good from day one, because I don't think like, like I think Durden. It's fair to say he's been pretty good from day one. Like, you know, taking away the two games he's played last year where he debuted when we lost by a hundred points in both games. You know, this year he's been exceptional from day one. He was great round one. Motlop comes in. Now, I, only, I know he only kicked a goal last night, but he hit the scoreboard five times in his uh, second game. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very impressed with him. I really have been. Because it's tough, you know, with these... You know, for small forwards to come into the big time... You're playing like and, and the hardest played, role. And we've played two very physical games off a five-day break and the travel. As in, by the time we got back from Sydney, they would have had the day off on Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday game on Friday. For a first-year player to, you know play pretty good footy in his first two games in the space of five days is unbelievable. And I know this is another little side thing, but I think he is so important for the culture of this team. Yeah. He is just so important. You know, he's one of those guys, he just lifts, he lifts, and he has an aura around him, and he lifts the spirits in a room. In When he walks into a room, he lifts the spirits, and he's an important player. Um, what and and I tweeted it last night. Corey Durden and Jesse Motlop for the next decade. How can that not get you excited? Like, ta- like, yeah. Take away the fact Sam Walsh is only twenty-one years of age. Take away the fact that you know this is the first year we've seen Chera. He's also what twenty-two, something like that. Take away you know all these incredible things about our team. Motlop and Durden for the next decade are going to be unbelievable. It's very exciting. It's crazy to think. And we've got to speak about Corey Durden. He's crooked. Corey Durden, I'm usually very reserved with these types of players. Or any Carlton player that's come, because he's still only played You don't like to praise us. Let's be honest here. You don't like to do it. Corey Durden is going to be that good. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. He it's is mental. so just knows what's up. Clean. Clean. Goals. Tackles. Links. Just. Smothers. He's, oh, he's got the lot at the moment. He is on, he'd be on cloud nine at the moment because his footy is as good as anyone at Carlton's right now. And he was phenomenal again. And I think the league's now talking about Corey Durden. Well, the league's not acknowledging that we have now unearthed an exceptional small forward. You know, pick 37 from Glenelg, as in, you know, that is a pick out of nowhere, really. So, someone said on the commentary last night, they said, if you're going... So, I think Durden was about 30 or something like that. They're saying, you know, if you can get a player like you have with pick 30, and then you go and you look at Jack Carroll, pick 41, and then you look at Jesse Motlop, you know, he went after 25... And then you look at Owies on your Category B rookie list. If you can just nail those picks between 25 and 50. It's the hallmarks of a good side. It is. And we never have really previously. And... Never have. No. Like, never have. It is... So, Nick Austin, you know, we've just got to... We've got to take a minute, really, to just acknowledge Nick Austin for a second. Because... And I'll, we'll speak about this after the show, but don't stick around. You don't want to miss this because I've heard we've got an abundance of salary cap space. We'll speak about that afterwards. But 
yeah, just, you know, kudos to Nick Austin for a second because his drafting, you know, trading aside, his drafting has been brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, this is a serious list manager we've got in our hands. But speaking of Matt Owies, number one in the comp still for tackles inside 50. Now, last night... So he got a lot he got more pill in that first half than he I think has in any other half this year. Um he was just I think he had one of his better games last night. Hit the scoreboard he three great. times. He only kicked a goal but fifteen disposals, nine score involvements, added another three tackles inside fifty. So if we look at that stat in the competition now, and we look at tackles inside fifty, it's not, you know, the most glamorous stat, but it's an extremely important stat. He's now got four more than anyone else. And I know he's obviously played an extra game. Yeah. But, yeah, just a massive, you know, kudos goes out to Matt Owies because he's playing his role as well oh, as we could expect. He's, yeah, he's going above and beyond as well. As in, they are the mosquito fleet. They are the electricity. And they are the livelihood of this Carlson team right now. Well, it's our point of difference, as you keep saying. It's brilliant. And... No other team has it to this extent. They no. are frenetic. They are hardcore pressure forwards. That is what they are. They're and not Fisher. goal-kicking small in Fisher. We'll speak about Fisher. And we haven't even spoken about the colossal. No, nah, no, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> but they are hardcore players. They are. They are just energy, intensity. Everything you'd want out of a small forward in the modern game is what we are getting out of those guys. Now, Zach Fisher. Yes. Yeah. We're going to leave Charlie. We're going to leave the best till last. Zach Fisher, what a month he's having. What a, what month, a month he's having. I think it's the third week in a row now he's kicked two goals in a game, which is, that is just, you know, that is just... It's what you call playing your role. Oh, and more, like ridiculous numbers. And he's, yeah, he's at the top of his game right now. He's, there's a weird stat. I can't remember exactly the stat, but going into last night, um, and I heard it, I think they were speaking about it possibly on 360 or one of those shows or possibly his radio. I can't remember, but I heard it during the week that coming into last night, he was leading the comp for, I think it was effectiveness per kick or efficiency per kick. So yeah, just, you know, his disposal is awesome. I think Fisher's always had a really, he what's the word? He's always had good vision. Yep. He's a very his 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 evasiveness has always been very good and he does these hook kicks inside 50. Yep, across his he, body. Across his body and he nails them like down the throat of Kerno, down the throat of Silvani, down the throat of De Koning. Just he's a cra- he's he's turning into a very good footballer Zach Fisher. Yeah, you yeah. know. And these are players who are literally just growing before our eyes. And, and, I, and I and I said it the whole preseason. Carlton's lift as a team is going to come from these second tier players having to go to the next level and he's the poster boy for it at the moment. He is he's yeah, he, he's look, it's the best footy he's played over the course of his career right now. Yeah, he's in career best form, 100%. And, you know, it's his sixth season in the league, so it's about the time you want to really start making a move and making a splash. Jack Silvani? Yeah, didn't get involved as much, but it's just one ever, as ever important. So, you know, provided, provides a contest. He's the second tall. He's the ruckman. He, yeah. I watched every Carlson goal. Yeah. 
He's always part of it, Bolt. Yeah, no, I know. You he's know, he's if great. It's, if it's as simple as bringing a ball down to ground, you know, he knows. Just don't let the Sydney player market bring it to ground. I've got four little mosquitoes around me yep. who are going to mop this up and eat it for breakfast. And Jack Silvani, just another performer. You know, he doesn't make errors. And I say it every week, still yet to make an error. This guy is sensational. And how lucky are we to have him on our team? Because he's another player who is so unique. We've got a lot of players who are very unlike anyone else in the comp, if that makes sense. Like, yep, no, I get you. Like, we don't... There isn't really another Jack Silvani no, in the comp. No, there isn't. And it's so... It's such a unique player to have. It's as good as an asset as it as you can get. And, you know, we speak about nailing those picks in the middle of the draft with your Durdens and whatnot. But when you get... I'm going to have to do it two weeks in a row to say the word. When you look at premiership teams from years gone by, there's always one draft which you look back on and it's like, bada bing, bada boom, that's where the call plays from the flag came. Now, a draft comprising of Weedering, Mackay, Kerno and Silvani is downright batshit crazy. Yeah, that's... That That is the draft to end all drafts. If all goes well and if things go as good as they can... That'll be seen on the level of that Hawthorne draft. Yeah, that is... Yeah. Now, Bolt, I don't know. Have we spoken about it on the show? About our little funky stat, which we're now going to be writing for the rest of the year in oh, regards to the well, Coleman? No, well, we, we did the digging last week on the show. Yes. But, um, true, true. But yeah, is- we, we, we are now officially... Strap your seatbelts on. We're going for history this season. You know, winning... Top four, top six, winning finals, whatever. <laughs> whatever. So, Charlie Kerno's reclaimed his lead in the Coleman medal. First time this year he's hit the front. And we spoke about it. Charlie Kerno, if he wins the Coleman medal, first time in the history of our game, that two guys from the same team win the Coleman medal in back-to-back seasons. So, two different players yeah. from the same team winning it in back-to-back years. It would be the most... Oh, it's, that's epic. That is epic. <laughs> We're going to ride this hard. He's already up to 33. Four bags of five now for this year. Crazy. And I said it last what, he night. What, six? Yeah. It might be going a bit over the top when I say this, but I truly do believe that he is possibly the best forward in the comp right now. Oh, he's definitely in the conversation. You know, and, and once again, if you're going to, you know, for me... As in, you know, he's definitely in that top echelon of key yeah. forwards. And re- at the end of the day, if you're going to say Kerno, if you're going to say Hawkins, if you're going to say Lynch or King or Danaher or Mackay, there's really no right or wrong. No. As in, because they're all so good in their own respect. I, you know, for me, as a pound for pound full forward, if I'm going to go win a grand final tomorrow, I'm probably going Hawkins. But once again, as in, that's not to say you wouldn't want Charlie Kerno in your team. No. And that's not to say Charlie Kerno wouldn't play better than Hawkins on the day. It's, you know, so I don't even think you can differentiate who's the best right now. It's just, it's safe to say he's clearly in the top bracket of key forwards in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Comfortably in the rolling All-Australian team. Um, So six last night, five in the first half. And what was I saying all week? If Kerno hits the scoreboard, we'll win. And that was my main concern going into last night. I thought that would be the factor. 
I, I genuinely, I looked at the match on paper. I didn't think we'd win. I didn't think we'd win. But I said, if Kerno hits a scoreboard, we will win. Because I was worried about their back line. I was really worried. And going back to look at it now, I don't know why I rated Tom McCartan so highly. Because he seriously had a nightmare last night. He got night. slaughtered. He, he panicked a lot. Lost touch a lot. You know, there were even a lot of instances. So they moved Rampy onto Kerno. Yeah. And, and Rampy played. I, I must give him credit. He really played well Our on Kerno. Rampy's a top-notch defender. But there were a lot of times where McCartan, you could just see, like, was trying to find touch. It was the, the panic. <laughs> it was... Yeah. Kerno was exceptional. And once again, like, we said, you know, he's going to have a couple of weeks where he's going to have to play the game like he did up at GWS. Or he's going to have to... Or he's going to have games where he explodes. And thank God, last night was one of them where he did. Just tremendous, tremendous. So, I think Carol we Carol, haven't spoken yeah. about. Um, so, Carol's an interesting one because he's sort of... He isn't playing bad football by any means. And I, th- and I think, you know, he still does these things. Like that one little moment last night where he did a 360 yeah. and handballed it to Walsh when yeah. he was about to get wrapped up. Brilliant. That's just class. Yeah, it is. That is pure, Can't pure teach that. class. Pure class. Um, absolutely fantastic last night, that little moment. Was it his best game? No. Does he possibly need a week off because he's, you know, he's in his first few games of AFL and he's gone now three weeks or four weeks in a row, I think. Yep. He possibly needs a week off, maybe. Maybe. We've got a nine-day break into the bye, so... But I certainly wouldn't be dropping him. No. As in, look, someone's going to have to be squeezed out at some point. If Jack Martin's ready, I feel like they're going to want to get Jack Martin into the team just so they can get another aerial option down forward. Yeah. And whether it's him or whether it's Motlop, <laughs> I'm not too sure which way they'll go. It's tough. But... Yeah, as in, you know, you, there's no knock on Carol right now. Like, we're not going to bring Carol in. We're not going to take Carol out for anyone other than Martin. They're not, they're oh, not no, gonna... I wouldn't have thought so right now. No. As in, I don't think he's going to be edged out because of Nunes. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, just, you know, he has these moments. And you know what? He took a couple really nice marks on the wing last night. You know, there was... There you were... know, he, he, he took seven marks. He covers the ground well. Seven marks. Yeah. It's very impressive. It's yeah, very it is. impressive. It is. Um, but quickly get the team list up. My phone's dead, but have we missed anyone else? I don't think so. I, I think, think we're good. I think we've touched on everyone. Yep, and then Brody Kemp was the unused substitute, so he'll get a run in the VFL, you'd assume, yep, this weekend. Yep, so we play VFL tomorrow. Now, we will be doing a Substack episode of the pod because the VFL team hasn't played yet, and we will want to talk about that, so... Tomorrow, I think it's at Sandy? No, it's at Icon Park. Oh, it is at Again, Icon Sandy, Park. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll looking. We'll be looking to get someone on for that, and we will do a separate episode of the show on Substack. So, be sure to subscribe to our Substack account so you can listen to our VFL review, which will come out probably tomorrow night or the night after. Um, we had Nick Wishart on to preview this game and discuss our season so far. So, if you haven't tuned into that yet... Be sure to subscribe to our pod, uh, Substack, which you can find on our social media accounts, a link to, and um, yeah, have a listen to our episode with Nick Wishart, where we sort of spoke about the season so far. Bolt, three votes, two votes, one vote. We're going to go once again in the order of one, two, three. We usually go three, two, one, but making it a little bit more difficult for you this week. Yeah, no, for me, it's pretty straightforward this week. Yeah, so who are you giving one vote to? Sam Walsh. Yep, uh, I'm going 
Yeah, I'm going Walsh. Uh, we'll have the same here. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Kerno Wiedering. Kerno Wiedering, yeah. Yep. Can we can we maybe do can we highlight uh, highlight our next best three because I think that's pretty pretty next best three that's the general consensus would you have think. to include George yes yeah, this is in no particular in order yeah, yeah. George I think would have to include Corey Durden it was a phenomenal night bar that one brain fizzle in the last quarter where he yeah. kicked it across the ground turnover. But yeah, Durden was very good. So Durden will be in the next for me. And whew, the next. I've, I've got my three. I know who your next one's going to be. I'm going Hewitt. So I'll match you with Hewitt. Um, I'm actually going to have Fisher in there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Now, Newman deserves some credit, but I'm actually going to go young. I just think he's... I thought you were going to go sad. No, I'm going to go Young. Yeah. I just think Young, I think he was so important in that last quarter, getting his fist in the way. He was. Good. I'm going to go just, Hewitt, Fisher, Kennedy. Yeah, I'm going to go Hewitt, Fisher, and Young. But, but I, mean, I said Durden. Hewitt, sorry. Durden, Fisher, I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Durden as well. Was yeah, it's just a great team effort once again. Bolt, get the Twitter questions up. So, so how good would the coach be feeling right now? Now, you... now. You haven't spoken at all about Michael Voss, and you said before the season, you said in our season preview that you won't speak about him until later in the year, until at least the bye. Well, because we did a lot of speaking about the coach last year. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. We'll wait till the bye. And we're going to wait till our mid-season review for Bolt to make some comments. Yeah. Now, do you want to be on Twitter questions duty this week? Yeah, I'm happy to. All right, get it going. All righty. Um... Alex Snowball, great win, but how concerned do we need to be about our defensive system and ability to stop the other side scoring? We have one of the highest points against in the eight, and although we can't score well, we do seem to struggle to stop teams scoring freely against us up the baggers. Uh, I'd like to say we don't need to be concerned at all, because last night we had an onslaught against us for 30 minutes in that last quarter, and we conceded one goal. I'm so comfortable with our defense. I'm not concerned at all. Yeah, I just think it's it's more the con- I think it's I think the concerns more the concept of just not being able to finish the game and yeah. letting teams come back because there's that psychological effect now that teams playing against Carlton know they're going to have a sniff at some point. You know, they know the game's going to be live, unless it's just a complete blowout. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tracy Reed, three words for that second quarter: crazy, scary, good. And it really was. It was frightening stuff. Nine, nine goal quarter against the Swans. Um, Michael Cerevolo. Huge win. Thought the only reason Swans were still in it was unforced errors. Jacob Wiedering genuinely manhandled Buddy. And Lewis Young was great too. How much credit does Nick Austin deserve for the quick turnaround? Motlock, Durden, Shara, Hewitt, Young. Wow. Summed it up pretty nicely. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Is that one I like? Yeah, I will. Um, there were a couple of unforced errors that resulted in goals as in you look at that that Cripps error in the third quarter where he got pinged for holding the ball you didn't like that one did no, you it was a shocker if uh, if you heard someone go absolutely berserk it was probably Bolt at that point in time <laughs> it was just because because when you you were pretty well behaved no I, you're, you're, I you're always usually, am you're usually pretty well behaved, but in that moment, I think you lost t- your shit. Yeah, because it takes moments like that when you're 
in a really good position and you let the other team come in unnecessarily. That's what it was. That goal was so unnecessary. Our Crips didn't need to keep dancing around in the forward pocket. It's just time and place. It was very frustrating. There were a couple of unforced errors, but yeah, as in, in terms of Nick Austin and the list build, it's really taking shape, isn't it? It's crazy to see. Peter Carrick, love to see the numbers on how young our side was last night. Nunes and Williams go out and Young and Stocker come in. We must have been even younger than last week. Fantastic stuff. And yeah, like nine players, 50 games and under. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. It, it's weird because two, three of the youngest sides in the competition actually happen to be us, Fremantle and Sydney. Yeah. Who are all looking pretty good. Um, Lock Egg. Carlton Nuffies get frustrated at Carlton's lapses, but does Melbourne genuinely play four-quarter football? Some people say how professionally they put away a side in 15 minutes, and he's right. He is right, because Melbourne haven't been playing those genuine four-quarter bang, 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 you know, winning every quarter by, you know, three, four-goal type efforts so far. And he's right. Melbourne, do, you know, you look at the Melbourne St. Kilda game from a few weeks ago. It took Melbourne 20 minutes to take a seven-goal lead. And the lead just hovered around, you know, four or five goals for the rest of the game. It's just scarier with Carlton. Because yeah. there is a trust thing here. <laughs> and and I guess it's gotten closer. You know, the Hawthorne and Port Adelaide games got as close as they're going to get without us losing. And Melbourne probably haven't been dragged that deep yet. But he is right. I think he's completely on the money. Yeah. Um, it's a good call. It's a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tim W, Harry aside and possibly Pitternet, have we plugged every gap despite our injury list? Has the clarity and execution of role been the difference instead of personnel? It's an interesting question. I just think that the system that we have implemented here has just allowed for that next man up mentality to really work and just... Literally just anyone comes in and plays their role. Um, and it's really interesting, Bolt, because I think that the difference is we actually haven't called upon like our fringe players to come in to replace injured players. We've sort of called upon our younger brigade. So we've we've rather chosen to look at like Carol and Motlop and Kemp. We've chosen to look at these really young guys rather than your Williamsons and your Fogarty's and, you know, I'm trying to think of who else is on our list that's a little bit, you know, that we've seen quite a bit of that's a bit older. Um, you know, even Dow, you know, we haven't seen, we haven't, we haven't seen Dow yet this year. No. You know, we haven't seen these guys. Oh, no. Well, I think, I think with Dow. Well, Dow, Dow could win the VFL best and fairest. And I don't say that condescendingly. Like, for Paddy Dow to have a season where he's playing really good footy, albeit at a lower level, but if he is called upon to have that confidence within him that he's been, you know, he's having, he's had a couple of months under his belt with winning the ball and, you know, playing a really important role in another team, I think he's important for Dow. And I, and I think with Dow... But you know, I love and- the fact, and I'm not just saying this because it is Paddy Dow, I love the fact he's not playing because there's, you know... There's no one in the role he's playing in the twos. There's no one... There's no spot for him to play that role. Well, I was going to say as well, like last night, I got a bit annoyed. A couple people straight away said, where's Dow? You know, when's Dow going to play? 
why would we be thinking where's Dow when our midfield is playing this yeah. well? I don't want to change anything. No, we don't need to play Dow. I don't want to change anything with this midfield. As in it's, the, it's top three in the it's, comp. It's toxic for Paddy Dow to, you know, have him playing a certain way and then to just, you know, out of desperation say, hey, you know, you're going to go play this stupid role that someone else who might not be, you know, we, we, clogging the stat sheet like he is in the twos, but that guy's going to be more suited to that role. And this is what past administ- leaders at the Carlton Football Club that have sat in the coaches' box have never grasped. Dow and Petrovsky Seedon and Setterfield and Gibbons were playing all these roles just to make up the numbers because, hey, within the realms of the club, they were probably the better players on the surface. But you've got to be suited to the role. Yeah. As in, for all I care, Paddy Dow's probably had a way better season than Carroll and Motlop and these guys in the in twos. In the twos, yeah. But, but we're... Picking a team to play in the ones. Yeah. And Paddy Dow's football is in the midfield. If, you know, if Hewitt or if Hewitt and Kennedy get struck with gastro in the same week, sure, welcome back. Good to see you, my old friend. But, <laughs> but yeah, as in, I don't think it's a question where Paddy Dow should be playing. He's a midfielder. And if a spot opens up for him, which without sounding rude, hopefully it doesn't. But it will. It at will. one point in time, it will. Then he'll play and then it's, the onus is on him to hold his spot in the team. Absolutely. Um, well, this is going to be interesting, this question. Oh, boy. Brian Dalgleish. Fox Footy have admitted that we have the best two-pronged attack in the league. With the Mosquitoes, how bloody far can we go? And why not this year? He said it, not me. That He tweeted that. Brian. Um, how far can we go? I'm not sure. And why not this year? I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. This is going to be a long run in for the season. I, I think <laughs> this yeah. year's going to drag, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I think how far can we go? Well, I think realistically, we can admit that we are not as good as Melbourne. And I, don't per- I personally don't think we are as good as Brisbane. But I think if you were to tell me that we made... If you, if someone from the future was to come and say, yep, Carlton made a prelim this year, I wouldn't necessarily be that surprised. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. I would be extremely excited and extremely, like, a bit more, like, wowed than surprised. Look, you know my opinion with this. I don't think anyone's... I hate when people say Melbourne's got the flag. I don't think anyone's questioning that Melbourne are clearly the best team. But the way that our league works with finals, it takes, it's all well and good to be the best team over the course of the season, which Melbourne clearly are, but it takes one game in the finals. Yeah. It's one game to ruin your entire season. And that's why it's all about timing. You know, Melbourne might have 20 wins under their belt at the end of the season, but for all we know, Clayton Oliver and Jake Lever aren't in the team because they're injured at that time. And yes, they've got the wins on the board and they're top. But it's how good you are at that time of the year. And on the night, there's so many variables on the night. You just got to be there. So, and, and if Carlton are there, like, who knows? Yeah. You just got to get there and then you assess it on the night. We've seen it so many times. Richmond 2018, Collingwood 2011, Geelong 2008, St Kilda 2009. It happens. It's so easy to just drop the ball in the finals. The top team doesn't win the premiership as often as you think it does. Yeah. So, 
Why not this year? As in, I don't think it will be. Uh, oh, I don't even. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on. Um, Nico, who's got a nice little profile picture of Michael Voss here. Um, there it is. Um, do we genuinely see ourselves as a team that can beat the D's this year, especially the midfield battle? It's a good question because our midfields are both dynamized at the moment. Yeah. And I hate to bring this up after 10 rounds, but, and I, and I know it's so irrelevant. It's so irrelevant. So don't laugh. I, people are going to laugh at me, but we smoked them in that preseason game. Yeah, we did. We really did. And if you look at those two games we played in the preseason against Melbourne and St. Kilda, who are looking like they're going to be, you know, top six teams this season, it's instilling that winning habit, that habit of winning this year is so important. So I don't see why we can't be, I wouldn't expect us to beat Melbourne, but there's no reason why we can't. I, I think this league is so even and... Every game, and right now we're sitting in a competition where there's 15 live teams, really. Yeah. If you take Melbourne, West Coast, and North Melbourne out of the equation, every other game... You would you really make be it- surprised if anyone beat anyone. No. Nah. As in, you know, you can, you can make I it- said I reckon Hawthorne are a sniff against Brisbane this week. And maybe they are. You know, it's just so close. Um, Edward Trembath. Where do you guys think... Where do you guys think are the major areas we need to improve on? Is it controlling the response from a quality opposition? It seems we can get on top but easily give it back and not adapt to a change in opposition game plans. Go baggers. Um, it is. It's just... And look, they have done really well at it because even if they are conceding these goals in really quick succession, they're not happening in these six, seven-minute bursts. Yeah. They're happening over the course of half an hour Yeah, at the least which is probably the point. So they are stemming the flow a bit. They're not burying games. So like when I mean we're stemming the flow, we're just not letting them back quickly. We're not actually going and taking back the momentum as such. We're just dragging it out for as long as we can. Yeah. And I think that's been the area of improvement. That has been the improvement thus far, but our improvement can go, let's take it the other way and let's actually score to halt this momentum. Yeah, correct. Um, Sorry, this is really random. Yeah. But how important and how impressive was Fisher's goal last night late in the game? Oh, that was the clincher. Just, that- I just, we, ha- we sort of have to acknowledge that. And we didn't really when we spoke about him, but oh, that's it- just clutch. That's, that's a clutch moment. Yeah, it was. Because he kicked it. It was a tough goal. To no, kick. I know. It was a great goal. He's kicked some big goals this year. Alrighty. Oh, Brian's back for another question here. Brian... Brian must have partied up. Brian would have a big night. Brian, like, <laughs> I don't know Brian Dalgleish, but he must be on cloud nine because listen to this one. I was there in 1995, then nothing for 27 years. But tonight I am ready to smile, ready to hope. That wasn't pretty, but pretty ain't Carlton. Eight and two, we're back. Can we hold on to the top four without Pitternet? Brian's feeling it, isn't he? The juices are flowing for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I look. Oh boy. Top four. Oh shit. Um can we yeah, as in there's no reason we can't make the four. You know, we've set ourselves we've got a win on the weekend. If we get to nine and two at the bye, we look back 
and then we can assess what's Nine happening. Nine and two at the bye is very, very overwhelming. It's crazy stuff. Um, and look, Collingwood's going to want to ruin that. Um, it's a very difficult game, I feel, against yeah. Collingwood. Sunday, 3.20, pack it out, because it's a Collingwood home game, so we need as much Carlson there as possible. But yeah, can we hold on to the... It'd be great. Look, if we're in the top four and we can welcome Pittenhead and Mackay back into that team and we haven't fallen off a cliff without those guys, then let's attack the second half of the season and see where we land up. Um, this, is a, this is a good tweet. You'll like this one. Brady Park. Stocker in the warm-up was wearing the boots Zach Williams was meant to wear, which were designed by his sister, and it tells me all I need to know about him and how our culture is shifting and strong. Has anything else in this area stood out to you, boys? So, Stock has come in. He's taken the spot of Williams, who was meant to play is, an that Indigenous round. That is just round. heartwarming. That is... Heart- that is... Yeah, I- I'm really proud of that, to be honest. You get... You know, you get a bit of a chill when you think about that. You know, I'm all for the little things and the little culture-shifting moments... And for me, Stocker bleeds blue. Now, I yeah. don't know if you noticed as well, but when Josh Kennedy knocked Doherty, Stocker was annihilating Chad Warner. Like, <laughs> like had him by the scruff of the neck and drilling him into the ground. Now, Liam Stocker, I don't care, you know, football ability aside right now, what he does for the culture of this team is so impressive and so important. And... That, for me, is a really heartwarming little moment and something that should be recognised. And who, who tweeted that? Because I'd like you to retweet that. Yeah, Brady that, Parks. That is just an awesome pickup. And and it's, you know, you got to feel for Zach Williams because you feel like last night would have been the type of night where he would have exploded um, in Indigenous rounds. You know, his time to shine. And that is an awesome moment. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that Another up. Another really good moment actually was when you toss the coin and you exchange the Indigenous gifts at the start of the game. Yeah. You usually, you know, the Indigenous boys usually go and take part in that ceremony. And, yeah. you know, Sydney had Franklin and... I think it was Bell. And Bell. So, you know, some older heads there, you know, guys that had been around the club. We only had Motlop. And he was actually taken to the middle with Patrick Cripps. Mm. So, Cripps took it upon him. So, he went with him to yeah. do it. Because, you know, imagine sending Motlop to go and have a ceremony with Franklin and Sid Jackson in the middle of the ground. Mm. Like, you know, that's big time stuff. So, that was also really nice, I thought. Yeah. That's our catch. Putting your hand over their shoulder and let's go. There was another good tweet. Oh, that is a great moment. This is, a, this is a good one. And this is for you, our technical director <laughs> from Jay Smith. Um, no, it wasn't. No, it was from Foxwood. We love the pod intro. But this start to the season deserves a mid-season update because we're getting a lot of <laughs> we're getting a lot of content. You know what? It's coming. We're gonna have to change the intro. And I, it's funny because um I was listening to the commentary. They had it on the ground before the game. The commentary of Garlet Skull. Yeah. And it's funny because whenever I hear that commentary now, I think of the first season of the pod because that was our intro. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. And goal. yeah, this is it. Definitely requires an update. It definitely does. Uh. I'm going to put it out there now. If anyone has any specific requests in terms of like commentary that they want in the intro, send us a DM or tweet us and I'll be sure to get it in. Yep. Um, we've got two questions to go here. This is a good question from Walshian Sticks again. Um, 
rather than the coach we needed, is Michael Voss the leader this group of introverts needed? Go Blues. So is he just... It's a, it's it's, a really it's, good it's observation. A, it's a great question. Um, is he, you know, is he the leader rather than the coach that we needed? Is he the was could he the, both. yeah was it he the guy to take this group of boys forward and say this is how we're going to represent ourselves our jumper you know in our club and we, you know because we are ruthless at the moment you know yeah. we we are a physically imposing team we've never have been as in you know we've got some big boys going in there it's a new yeah, generation it's a great question and I think that you know for me I I'm I, you know. Bolt, I've always been a bit weird like this. I always look at the the body language and the culture of the club and I don't think it could possibly be better right now. I think it is as good as it could possibly be. And, you know, we mentioned that little moment from Stocker, you know, the moment from Cripps to go with Mutlop, the moment from Mutlop to go into the middle to get around Hewitt after the assist and the moment that everyone got around Corey Durden. That there, and we haven't even probably touched on, you know, half of the other ones, but that's just five moments right there on a night of football. You know, this is this is an, a tremendous culture that they're building. Tremendous. Yep. Um, that will wrap it up. There was another question, which I was going to read out, but I thought better of it. Well, now you have to, because you can't oh, leave people hanging with that. No, well, he just... Because I'm very superstitious with this stuff. Oh, so then don't. Now, Declan Adams, all he said was, do we win the flag? <laughs> um, yeah, well, all I can say is I bloody hope so, but a lot of water to still go under the bridge before we even make finals, before we even win a final, before we even get to a grand final, and before we even win a flag. So, who knows? But we can only hope. Bolt, um... So we said earlier in the show about the salary cap. Now, this is really interesting. Um, There was an article in The Age earlier in the week about Carlton's salary cap and the fact that we've actually front-ended a lot of our mega deals, pretty much all of our mega deals. So for those who aren't completely aware and across the situation with our salary cap, I think it was the years of 2018 and 2019, we went 5% under the salary cap which then allows us to go over the salary cap for, I think, two or three years. Now, we've basically signed Sam Walsh to a six-year deal or a five-year deal, whatever it was. We signed Cripps to a long-term deal. We brought in Saad. We brought in Williams. We brought in Chera. We brought in Hewitt. We re-signed H. You know, we've had some big, big deals done in the last 12 to 18, sorry, 12 to 24 months. Now, from what I've heard, and we obviously know just how front-ended Jack Martin's deal was because he's basically not on any money at the moment. He got paid most of it in the first year. But from what I've heard, most of our big mega deals are are basically, you know, the crux of it's going to be paid off within the next 12 to 18 months because of, you know, how we've been able to exceed the salary cap. And that has now left, and this is the words that we used in the article, an abundance of salary cap space yeah. for the future. Now, that's pretty good. Spend that, wisely. That at the end of the year, we can go out and again bring in 
superstars again. Some good talent from around the league. Yep. And, uh, and look, I think free we're, agencies... We're going we're gonna to need to bring in a premier like winger. We're going to need to. I think free agency is where we have to make our play because I still want to be present in the draft. I think it's still important. Definitely. I, I, we want a first round pick. Yeah. We want another injection of youth because I think you can see how well the youth are playing in this system. Yep. It's very interesting. It's exciting, isn't it? Everything's just going... Everything's just Things okay. are falling into place nicely. The famous words, the stars are aligning. Now, the stars are aligning. That's a, that's usually said when someone is a team's close to winning a flag. So we won't go that far. It's just where we've come from, you know. It's Yeah, well, it's, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's where we've come from. And look at us now. <laughs> Bolt, anything else before we end the show? No, just bring, was, on, bring on Dirty Collingwood. It's a longer show this week, so apologies if we chewed into your lunch break. <laughs> They'll want to listen to it. But uh, It's 8 and 2. It's 8 and 2. Um, the Swans and another little thing just before we end the show. When was the last time a team kicked 9 on Sydney in a quarter and <laughs> opened Sydney up? When was the last time? Because oh, last, I wouldn't know. They said on the commentary last night, they reckon it's been 8 years since a team they said 2014 and I can't remember now but they said in 2014 there was a game where someone really opened Sydney up and I pretty good that season I can't remember a time where Sydney were opened up like we opened them up last night crazy as I always say when we win have a lovely week of life just makes your week better doesn't it Bolt it does just, the, yeah. Well, hang on. Now we can put our feet up and enjoy the footy for the weekend. And we don't we need to worry. everyone else crumble around us. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, we'd like the Crows to beat the Saints. It'd be nice for the latter. And we wouldn't mind Collingwood beating Freo for them. Maybe not. Yeah, can, they can get the win out of their system this week and beat Freo. I'd like Hawthorne to get the job done. That's the one I'll be watching. Yep, Tazzy, get around the Hawks. Blue baggers, soak it up. Walk into work with a smile on your face. Aiden to uncharted territory, but what a way to start this season. We've got one more week before the bye. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to our Substack account for more content. There's plenty coming. Bold and I have got a lovely schedule coming up of content on Substack. So get around us, get around the blues, eight and two, put a smile on your face and enjoy a lovely week of life. Bolt, thank you. No worries. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure and more of a pleasure when we're winning. Go Blues. Been playing against the famous old dark blues.